Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again, as Danielle's beloved Savannah M. joins us to discuss her first MMA fight that lasted a glorious 18 seconds, thanks to her incredible and unexpected KO power, as well as her family's amazing story of escaping Cambodia and the Khmer Rouge, going through life with a let's try attitude, and a warning to all, trend gently around the savage Buddha, because she is coiled. And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle figure of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast, begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 102-102 of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Now, this week, we have an interview in place of the regular sort of DBRE execution, but it's a great guest. And, Daniele, I'll let you introduce her. The wonderful Savannah M. So, the ass-kicking machine. Yeah, man. That was trippy because we had uh, Savannah who has been, you know, you guys have heard her mention on the Drunken Taoist multiple times and she has been the artist who did her most of her t-shirts and a lot she just did her pro MMA debut and oh my god it's all I can say you'll hear more in the course of the discussion of how things went she's the Cambonian Mike Tyson yeah scary seriously ass kicking machine my suggestion is that if you do click on the youtube link to see the fights make sure you have a teddy bear handy that you can hug and blankets that you can hide under afterwards because it's intense to say the least awesome on that note let's say a quick thank you to some folks who not only have supported us they have also supported savannah in this um, smart to do that the good nice people at Datsusara with the greatest hemp gear on the planet and they're also a new yoga bag now yeah available. they are adding new products the yoga bag is a great one if you guys have dogs they have gear for the dog and the leash and everything in hemp gear that's awesome some yep. of the new ones so there's that on it o-n-n-i-t and uh, that was one of the um, some of their protein bars and uh, buffalo bars they were are the perfect food for post-weight cut for Savannah because, you know, you, your stomach shrank after you have been dieting like crazy to make sure you make weight for a fight. So those things were perfect, bite-sized, filled with nutrients and yet not stuff you too much. So The, the pink Tibetan salt has become the go-to. That salt you is... You only eat about I a quarter it. of it. Now, I don't know if the sodium's more... Or I don't if know it what just, the deal is, but it it's really It really has good. an intensity to it, and yeah. you can cut back the amount you use and still get the same sort of level, and it's, uh, it's great, especially right. on my garlic roasted potatoes. Check you out when you're 
new cuisine career. Absolutely. I'll put my pasole up. It's, uh, up. it's any Mexican grandma out there, I'm ready. Check you out. And I'm Check. ready to get my ass kicked, too, because I'm sure you can't really lose. No. Oh, it's... my God. Yours is so much better than mine. Like, oh, well. That's I actually lose. an excuse. Rich doesn't really cook it. He's just saying it just so that people can bring theirs and he can taste them and say, you win. You that's clearly. Mine is badass. No, I'm ready. I'm playing. But, yeah, that's not a bad, uh, not a bad idea. It's not a bad plan, right? <laughs> is, uh, and, of course, thank you to Shore Design for making our T-shirts and check them out for all of the amazing stuff that they carry. Yep. So thank you to this folk. Uh, as usual, if you guys can use our Amazon link, that is a very sweet thing you can do without spending one extra dime. And having said that, let's jump into this episode. kind of surrounded like our whole lives sort of surrounded i mean the excitement of going to san francisco there's brenda's um it's out of new orleans so it's uh-huh. kind of that creole stuff but these ladies worked there for 10 years and now they've got this restaurant in san francisco and their beignets have like green apple or Ghirardelli chocolate or stuff like that inside mm-hmm. and when you start there by the time the watermelon iced tea gets rolled out you're on your way yeah ready to roll nice and it's just a joy you know and that's because of the fun i mean isn't it great trying to find new places? The idea of eating Taco Bell for the rest of my life, I would just jump off a cliff. No, definitely. And that's why I love it out here. Right. All of these restaurants and all of these cuisines. I mean, I, I've never had Belize food before. Belize food. Yeah. <laughs> that's a new you one. You could have a whole B day. You could have Bulgarian in the morning. <laughs> you know, some Brazilian bratwurst right. from the Germans that influxed after the war. Right. Here we are. It's another episode. Here we are. Let's get ready to play. So... Turns out we have a star in the making here. Without question. Yes. Um, I think I might be more excited than anybody. I had so much fun watching the video, which I'm sure we'll have posted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put the link in the episode notes for sure. Oh, my God. So let's bring everybody up to date on what's going on. So we, um, what was it? December 11th. Yes, December 11th. The sweet or good old Savannah M decided to make her debut in professional MMA. And so off we go to this Indian res- in this casino, uh, Sequan Casino is like on an Indian reservation close to San Diego for the Gladiator Challenge event. Gladiator Challenge is this organization that's been around forever. Even like some, even guys like Quinton Jackson, Rampage fought for them back in the day. So it's been kind of for California fighters is a this is great uh, entry point. And it's funny because it's completely, because it's on Indian reservation, it's not California State Athletic Commission sanctioned. It's kind of like back to the Wild West of the whole game. So off we go. Um, Savannah trained like crazy for quite a while, goes down to Oceanside to this place, the compound where she's been training with Sean Loeffler, who's a hilarious guy, by the way, but that's a whole other story. We'll get into him a different time. And... um, off we go, and the whole setup was pretty interesting. I mean, by fight day is uh, 
you know, you start, the early fights begin to take place or in the locker room, getting ready, getting taped up, all of that. And you start seeing teammates coming back with their heads split open from an <laughs> oh, elbow and just <laughs> blood is dripping everywhere. And there's all of this. What with, have I done? With the message being, hey, okay, you're up next. <laughs> right? So there is that moment where you go like, oh, shit, this is a little heavy. You know, Nothing like being in the triage tent as you're uh, sent out to go over the wall right and in, <laughs> and in all of this i look at her and she's like i wouldn't use the word that relax because if you're relaxed in that situation there's something probably wrong in the sense that you need to but she's she's on you know she's focused she's excited but she's not freaking out she's not she you know she's just ready to roll there was the other day actually there's um duncan trussell stopped by here like three days ago right and he said that in his words, he said the house was filled with her energy. And uh, I was like, what do you mean? What was going on with her? It's like, she looked, the word that he used was perfect. He said, she felt coiled. I was like, coiled, I like that word, you know, just ready to roll, ready to just let it all. So off we go, you know, cage, lights, everything. The whole thing is pretty crazy. Decent crowd? Decent crowd. Everything was fun. And you should see the shitty grin on her face right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the whole thing lasted 18 seconds. Yes, it did. Three seconds in, she lands the overhand right from hell like it sounds like a gunshot across the arena it's just this giant punch where everybody you hear the whole crowd go whoa exactly <laughs> and then you know they throw a couple of strikes back and forth they clinch and on breaking the clinch she throw this mike tyson style left hook that no. just put her lights out it feels like it came from behind her all the way back around yeah it was nuts <laughs> the only the only punch i think i've seen better is if you seen the guy slap the woman who's running her mouth on the on the subway where she's just making fun of him because he's got a speech impediment no, and he put out. up with all he could so i'm like i said not for hitting women but if you're gonna run your mouth and be yeah, like yeah 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 of course it was the same thing from way <laughs> behind it came and up Kaboom! Savannah clearly did not have problems hitting women because no. her poor opponent. And I liked it a lot more than I thought I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> her, her poor opponent went out cold for like she was unconscious before she plus. hit the ground. It was, was bad. Amazing. Like, and uh, I thought Savannah then went to kneel next to her to make sure she wasn't dead, and you know they were checking to make sure. Oh my God. But. The the thing that's insane is that you do not see that in female MMA. You don't see that kind of one-punch knockout power. See you some see. crazy, like, roundhouse kicks. Yeah, you got like the that. kicks, sure. You got the KO that way. You got KOs with hands with, like, a lot of volume striking that eventually overwhelms somebody. Yeah. Not this just savage one-punch that turn your lights out. So Savage Buddha? That's savage stick, Buddha. man. That's, yeah. that's all there is to it. So, on that note... Today, on the other microphone, we have the Savannah mm -hmm. M. Yeah. Yay. How did it feel? What was the whole uh, What was the whole experience for you like? It was just exciting. It was, the whole thing was fun for me. <laughs> so, you enjoyed it? Yeah. 
Yeah, there was the time after I I, I hit her with the second big blow. Um, I went I, I was walking toward her and the ref had to pull me back and it just looked like I don't. it looked like I was like a mean person, but actually I was like, oh my gosh, I got to check on her. <laughs> <laughs> I know you look like you yeah. are going Which ready works. to go for yeah. more. <laughs> it, it works. I don't think you're ever gonna sell me on the mean person. So you don't gotta worry about that. Yeah. I know that's to me is one of the funny things, right? About that whole thing is that. You see Savannah outside and she's so ridiculously sweet, never gets mad, always nice. Because she's coiled up waiting for you. Exactly. (laughs) And then you see that and then you see the inside the cage and he's just straight up Mike Tyson. And you're like, I'm sorry, how do these two things go together? So since our whole running thing has been this Taoist yin yang thing. There it is. I think she got it going. Now, I don't expect you to actually have an answer because who the hell, you know, we are usually the worst people to see ourselves that way. But to yourself, how do you, how do you think it can happen? Because, I mean, we agree that it's not very normal, right, to have those two sides in the same person. How do you think they are both there? How do you think, you know, you even made your logo, Savage Buddha, which I thought was perfect for you because it's mm-hmm. like on one end you have this mellow, you do have this very Buddha vibe where you're always happy, you always have a smile, nothing phases you. We are always... And on the other end, as we saw in those 18 seconds, you're a fucking savage who can do some things that normal people don't do. What do you make of it? Who are you? What's going on inside the head of yours? Mm, I guess I was thinking about it a little bit last night. Um, since a kid, Since I was a kid, my little brother and I would always like to make believe these epic adventures so i always had to you know turn on this this role or we're you know going out and being heroic and killing bad guys and all that so i think i i think that's what this whole fight that's why i was so excited i like to kind of like tap into that role where it's just like you know do or die kind of thing so so there's a role playing element in it that's pretty much what it is like well, you're a good actress because <laughs> you played the role really yeah. fucking well. What, what, what's the difference between sparring, which I'm sure you did a ton of, yeah. and the actual event? Because I know in your book you talk about yeah, yeah. when you're actually in there and realize that that person's main objective is to beat you into submission. Mm-hmm. Does it trigger something different? Is it different than the practice? Or were you just sort of, you'd practice so much that the, the muscle memory and the training just let loose and off you went? Yeah, it was, uh, my performance was way different than I had expected because usually I like to pride myself with, you know, beautiful boxing technique and just looking really pretty. No, it was um, very Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was just very Conan-esque, big, wild swings. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what came over me. <laughs> but, but, but actually, actually, that's the way I see it. That's a great thing because oh, yeah. one of the questions that I had, I mean, I've, I've seen and felt, let's not forget (laughs) that part, Mm -hmm. the power that you can throw. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I'm like, there's something special there. She throws hard. She throws harder than most. So there's something going on. But at the same time, I never saw you. Well, I saw you do that once when you knock me out (laughs) with a spinning back fist. But other than that, which was even before you actually really knew how to strike and you were feeling bad about, but um, normally, you are always, you know, inspiring. You always hold back. Mm-hmm. Even some of your boxing fights, the smokers, since they are not official fights, you're always so freakishly polite mm-hmm. to the people you go with. Because I think I've seen some of people go 
pretty intensely. Yeah. And some people go more or less intensely, but you always tend to have this, I'll tap you, I'll touch you with the punches. I'm not going to go crazy. And so there's always that question, what's going to happen when you actually let it fly? What's mm-hmm. going to happen when, are you able to pull the trigger? Because <laughs> sometimes they're just a mind thing, you know, sometimes yeah. is maybe she can't, maybe she's too nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe she won't be able to pull the trigger that way. We found out that it's not the case. Right. And uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was intense. Mm-hmm. So did you, did you have an inkling that that's the way it was going to play out in terms of that you would be able to pull the trigger big time? Or how did you feel about it? Mm, uh, coach was really pushing me on, on trying to get the knockout. And we were working on our Conan technique. So I guess that was just the energy the whole time. You know, there was no room for dance around and fighting pretty. So... I have the same problem. <laughs> you don't like to dance around the fight. I prefer, prefer to dance around. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How did you come up with the logo? Because again, it's perfect, right? You have um, Savannah created this logo, which by the way, they are selling t- one of our sponsors, Fight Chicks. Uh, they are selling uh, t-shirts with their logo and they are, I think they just made the hoodies today. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, the Savage Buddha logo, this mix of uh, these very mellow sweets you know which is the ultimate yin yang right right very mellow (laughs) sweet side and this just mm, Mm -hmm. um, bloody savage kind of vibe how did that uh how did that come up well originally i wanted to call myself savage banana but (laughs) (laughs) i've already taken (laughs) yeah Yeah, that has been vetoed Yeah, so Danny helped me come up with Savage Buddha. Then I was just working out some sketches for that. And um, yeah, I came up with a little Buddha dressed, or a little, a woman, me, I guess, dressed as a Buddha with MMA gloves and a splatter of blood on the face. I just thought that, I always liked the, you know, dualistic things. So, you know, the whole, you know. um, Opposite energies meeting there. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's. And I think that's a funny thing that if somebody meets you in life because your personality is so soft-spoken, gentle, sweet, even to some degree, I mean, you even said like in some way you're even shy. Mm-hmm. So to have mm-hmm. that side, at that you are this fearless monster that when I'm in the locker room going, oh shit, mm-hmm. I don't think I can have a bite of food <laughs> for the next three years because yeah. my stomach is clamped so hard. <laughs> and you just look built for that. Like you look like you are born in that environment. Like yeah. you are compl- even like, I mean, I only watched the video about 412 times after that, but like even the way you walk up to a cage is there's this sense of I'm excited. I'm ready to go down to take care of business. But there's not that sense of normal, oh shit, what did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. That's a trip. Again, mm-hmm. normal human beings don't do that. Well, you got to imagine from the other corner, that vibe coming across it, this is going to be no problem. Let's just get yeah. started. And then I can get on with my day. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. got to be a bit disconcerting. Yeah, I would say. Especially if they this... see the video now. Yep. Friday, Friday, Friday. I know we are even drilling some uh, techniques ahead of time. There was a friend of ours, who, uh, Leo Hirai, who fought um, professionally once. And, and just what I had, like, you know, try the technique on him. His size when <laughs> she came at him with that. The thing. Of course, she's holding back, you know, she's not going to hurt him. But his eyes were like, Jesus Christ, I would be scared <laughs> if I see that coming at me. Because that presence yeah. is... 
intense. Pretty sure he tinkled his panties. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, Sorry, Leo. I love you. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, it's something. I mean, even like this story, I think tells it all. Like after the fight, so hyped up, so I'm excited. Like the entire night, I dream of the fight and the whole scene <laughs> and look for it. And so I, next morning, I'm like, hey, Sanna, you know couldn't stop dreaming about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Is that what was going on with you? Did you kept relieving it? Well, it turns out no, because what were you dreaming about? <laughs> I was dreaming all night about, uh, it's pretty vivid, about um, syrup-covered donuts. <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense, actually. It's like, yeah, cutting weight sucks. And, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, the fight was great, but now get me my food already. <laughs> it's like... Her, her mind was already somewhere else. I was like, yeah, that was good and all, but now I want my food. And uh, that was pretty funny right there. Isn't it funny, though? You said you were playing it over in your head a million yeah. thousand times. That fight didn't ever pop up into your head, did it? That version. Seeing it like that? Like, yeah. you mean ahead of time? I just or? meant, like, you know, all the possible scenarios you had gone through your head, 18 seconds probably wasn't. No, I mean, on the I list. did feel that she could do well. I did feel <laughs> that I felt fairly confident that she was going to win. I felt good about it. But again, I did. I thought maybe, you know, in a good scenario, she would get, uh, she would overwhelm her with strikes and the girl steps out and you were, you know, that made sense. You yeah. Know, I, I could see that. I, I did not, and I don't think anybody else expected this crazy one-punch KO power because really that's unique. You know, you don't see it in female MMA. It's and how did the crowd like that moment? Oh, man, it was in, like... Because you don't really hear that on the video so much. No, they went nuts. And in fact, it was funny because, you know, there were some 15 fights on the card or something. And even a friend of ours, Anthony, who fought on the card. Hey, Anthony. And um, he actually sweet. He put on his T-shirt to come out win the sponsors. He has the Drunken Taoist logo among it. Nice. It's awesome. Anthony Formoso, uh, thanks so much. But uh, even he was saying the next day, he's like, all I heard about after the fight was about Savannah's fight. You know, that's all anybody was talking about because, again, you don't see that happening. You don't see that kind of power in MMA. And so it was... Uh, you know, not every man has that kind of, forget, not every man, not every professional fighter has yeah. that kind of KO power among men. There are a lot of people who go through their entire career without ever doing that. Among women, it's like, psh, good luck. That, you know, very, very, very few and far between you're going to run into a woman who can do that. So everybody had that reaction of, what did we just see here? You know, that was nuts. Well, it's very exciting. I can't wait for the next one now. <clears throat> and if I don't have to traipse off to a funeral, we'll definitely be there. That would be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What, um, I think one of the classic questions that come up on something like this is, why would a hot woman who's feminine and pretty and all of it want to get into a cage and slug it out with somebody else? You know, the image of, Forget MMA, even just sports, period. In a lot of female sport is the idea of like, oh, it's a bunch of lesbians kind of thing. And the stereotype is, well, because that's a stereotype, right? The stereotype about it is a lot of the female, and again, part of it is because it's bullshit social stereotypes, is there's this idea that if a woman is doing something tough, then she must be not really the pretty woman. She's this butch lesbian out there who's doing that. That's the mentality. Whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, that's how people think. 
and in and sometimes like all stereotypes there's always that side of truth to it where you do see you know the percentage of uh, fighters female fighters who do have this kind of like tough uh, <laughs> testosterone driven thing is there then there are the ones who don't fit that criteria and you definitely don't meet that and so the idea the somewhat sexist question is why would uh, uh, why would a pretty girl like you want to get into such a rough game mm. um i know it's bullshit <clears throat> but again that's the question that a lot of people will actually have on their lips and the ones who do are probably thinking it if they're not saying it what do you think sure. yeah i think part of it is you know like my what i mentioned earlier tapping into that role of just badass and yeah i like to pretend uh, I think one thing that helps me before fights is pretending like, I don't know, maybe she's trying to take over something that's mine, like taking over a village and I have to protect it or something, you know, just going back into that whole childhood play thing. And then there's also, you know, I like, I like the fact that I can just be this good looking woman and being able to kick ass at the same time. There's that dualistic thing. And mm -hmm. then there's, uh, then there's, um, I don't know, I, I like that fix of just getting in those kind of oh fuck kind of moments and having to deal with that kind of pressure. Um, I don't know why. So you um, dig the challenge. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, it feels good to, to, to see that I can deal with that kind of situation. Uh, see how I can, you know, I always imagined uh, I'd be the type to kind of just curl up and hide away from uh, anything like that I guess but um, I think everybody watch your fight and I was <clears> curling <throat> away and hiding somewhere because it's yeah well that's that to me is awesome because it's that relationship of um, ultimately facing fear because mm -hmm. again it's not that you are born immune to fear that somehow that doesn't exist mm -hmm. but clearly you are good at dealing with it mm -hmm. because again that kind of pressure first time ever you stepping out there in that context that's shit, man i mean i can't believe, i don't think i've ever handled it as well ever mm -hmm. in that kind of contest i've always been 10 times more worked up than you are yeah. not just in this case that is like it's not me fighting somebody else so you have that concern where you can't do much about it you just but even for myself i was 10 times more scared than you ever were mm -hmm. so it's like okay you know that's uh you start i think our dynamics in that in terms of wanting to challenge fear are the same but you start 25 steps ahead of me already <laughs> it's like okay you she's doing the same thing i mean the pressure is still there you're just naturally better at you have more mm -hmm. natural muscle for it than i ever did for me it was all about building that muscle and uh, and it's kind of like you know if you are if you're structure, if of a dude who's a hundred pounds and you can lift all the weights you want and you're going to get stronger and you're going to be way better than when you started, but it's different from somebody who starts at 200 pounds and then build muscle. And I think that's kind of what's going on with you that, uh, you are, you clearly got it on that, by the way, on the um, female, uh, beautiful, badass combination. Uh, it's interesting too that I saw your the thing you wrote the other day. You were writing about this female samurai, which we <clears> um, uh, Tomoe Godzen, yes. which we did a storytelling time. Did uh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, I haven't heard that one. You didn't hear that one? Mm -hmm. Oh man, I can't I believe that. <laughs> oh, we'll have to dig it up. 
Yeah, we had an episode where in the storytelling moment we did the Tomoy Godzen story. Mm -hmm. And she's, uh, for those of you guys who missed it in the past, she's this uh, female samurai from, I forget the time frame actually, but she, um, you know, there were female samurai, but she's kind of an exception in terms of what she was able to do. And so she's renowned in Japanese history for this beautiful, deadly lady who just walked off the battle with the heads of her enemy, not figuratively speaking, in very literal way. And I saw you are writing about her and uh, working on sketches for a t-shirt you want to do with her prior to the fight. What, what was your feel for, uh, like, I mean, I'm kind of getting it there, but to hear it from you, what <clears throat> hooked you into this uh, her story? How was it focusing on this before your fight as a mental image since you are working on your art for it? And, uh, do tell about Tomoe Gods. Um, yeah, the first time I heard about Tomoe is when my uh, my friend Heather came into training one day and she was like, oh, I saw this cool documentary on the History Channel about this female samurai. And uh, I was like, what? <laughs> female samurai? And then uh, she told me her name, so I went and looked her up. And, you know, I guess there's all these articles about these badass stories that and these accomplish, uh, accomplishments that she's had and um yeah that was just kind of uh yeah I, I mean yeah that clicked with me so i was like i gotta do some art on this chick and um and i think it was great just studying up on her before the fight uh, she's another woman who's um you know supposedly beautiful and smart and but also as a savage on the battlefield. So so it was a source of meditation. Exactly. That's yeah. excellent. Exactly. That's the, exactly. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. It's funny, it's funny. HBO just did the Westworld show where uh -huh. you could go be amongst these perfected robots and go into the Wild West. Yeah. And one of the reveals at the end of the season is they also have Samurai World. Mm. So you can go fight the robots. and <laughs> Just thought that's hilarious. That should be cool. Samurai. So I got to know, where does it go from here? Um, is it back to another rigorous training schedule? Is the next date already in the books and, and it's ready to get ready for? Or do you take a little relaxation over the holiday and get back to it as it gets into the new year? Do you have to be on top of it at all times or can you take a little break? It looks like I'm going to be spending some of the holidays just, I guess, just taking it easy for the next few weeks and then jump back into it as soon so as possible. So you can calm back down. Yeah. In, in January, I hope to get back into it. Um, I'm looking to to get some training in from this, uh, possibly another coach who's closer by. And <clears throat> I think I can learn a lot from, uh, you know, Russ, Russ Mira. Yeah. Cause I mean, so. Sean, Sean is an awesome coach, but realistically you don't live mm -hmm. there. So of course you can't yeah. be there all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be probably a bit of coordinating since Sean is great. Yeah. She's he's awesome to be there for you at the fights. He can even probably come up with a good training plan for you. But in terms of day-to-day -day operations, since you don't live there, you'll have to also train somewhere else. So yeah, your exactly. training will be split. In this past month, I've fallen in, I get in like two days a week, which is it's not going to work no. in the long run. <laughs> so got to figure something out. But that's the idea right now. Wow. Well, this is exciting. This could be ground floor or something really awesome. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Bornage. <laughs> it was really it's impressive that you even step in there. But then to dominate like that is got to feel really good yeah <laughs> i was having fun thinking about uh, you know seeing her work on the her art and now the tomo gods and t-shirts that she may do and all of that i always found it hilarious that i was like you need to make a business card on savannah m artist 
slash KO artist because that's where it's like literally there's both one on sides each side so you can flip it over exactly you know, right. the fighter side and the designer side yeah 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 so and if you don't pay me motherfucker <laughs> you're gonna die <laughs> what kind of art do you dig the best i know we are recording this under a frank Frazetta painting well not an original of course because that we would be millionaires but you know well, the reproduction yeah no not quite right but uh the, um, and I know you dig that heroic style, the Conan the Barbarian type mm -hmm. of approach, but <clears throat> also others. What are your main, uh, in terms of art, the subjects that you enjoy playing with? Um, what kind of stuff are you into? I guess I'm always jumping back and forth between like, uh, well, first of all, a lot, there are a lot of nude figures. I don't know. I, I adore the human body, but I guess that, you know warriors epic kind of stuff like that and then i go into the cutesy goofy you know like a the recent comic i did of because I was, I was going through a weight cut so you know it's me stepping on the scale at, did you see that one rich <laughs> yeah so you know step on the scale and everything looks good everything's on track but then there's this burger whispering in my ear <laughs> so got, i want to yeah. be inside you <laughs> so, so. I like I like stuff that if it makes me laugh I can I can do that really there's well. Some, there's some but, good comedy there, yeah. right? Well, being in LA, we we have all these great uh, art galleries, like from mm. from the Getty to the mm -hmm. LACMA to. Have you ever been to the Broad yet? Because uh -huh. we're going before Christmas. It's another. Pretty much the folks who put most of the modern art into the LACMA had so much left over that they built their own incredible museum down by the Disney Concert Hall. And uh, it's tickets oh, are tough to get. Fun. Oh yeah, yeah. And the building itself is incredible. Mm. Um, but do you like going to see all those crazy Monets and things up I at the do. Getty? And because yeah, like that Masters Room mm -hmm. may be the greatest collection I've ever been around for sure. Mm. So, you know, Monet on one wall, right. Van Gogh on the side. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Is it not inspiring to be able to Absolutely. get up and close to that yeah. stuff? I always get too close and get in trouble. But, <laughs> but if no, you I get know, up so close on a Van Gogh, yeah. I mean, there's there's paint bristles yeah, coming right. out of those exactly. huge chunks of you yeah. know paint it's that probably still isn't completely and they're dry. they're leaking yeah. the paint just <laughs> wishing you know right come on come on through yeah but it's a great that's why this city once again is just such an inspirational place is all this stuff's mm -hmm. available a lot of it free mm -hmm. for folks to go enjoy and to help you know tap into I don't know about you, but I feel like when it's really flowing, I almost even don't even feel like it's me. I feel like I'm just the channel mm -hmm. to help get it out. Cause, mm -hmm. And I hear from songwriters to, to screenplay people. It just sort of is, you're the conduit at some moment and it just pours out of you. Mm -hmm. Do you get the same vibe? Yeah, I have those moments. Yeah, <clears throat> it's great. Mm -hmm. Nobody interrupt me. Silence! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's happening, man, it's happening! Yeah. Just stay away from me. Uh, where do you think you, what do you want to do with your art? Because I know that, I mean, you're running the kind of this double path. You are obviously getting into the whole MMA gaming with high marks right off the bat. But at the same time, the thing that you also want to do in a lifelong way is art and mm -hmm. be an illustrator. <clears throat> and um, I know you're kind of in the process of figuring it out of right. where you want to go with this. But what's your inkling right now? What do you think would be the ideal career in art for you? Yeah, it'd be cool if someone just digs my style and you know, uh, asks for artwork, you know, doing commissions like that. Um, you know, but I want to be drawing cool stuff, not just stupid. I don't know. So I your be commissions stupid. better be good. Yeah. <laughs> just fun. Like recently, um, 
one of the guys he actually came out to the fight chuck chuck dunk and oh, he asked awesome. me to, yeah. <laughs> he's awesome he asked me to do a little uh tattoo design for him i can't wait to see it by the way That's, right uh the description was hilarious so i had a lot of fun doing it so you know stuff like that that can be fun for me um by the way chuck thanks so much for the frozen salmon hailing from alaska yeah. along Ooh. with all the other salmon stuff. he's saying yeah yeah thanks for <laughs> translation because nobody ever understands <laughs> what do you mean there's an l there's an n it's salmon that's how you pronounce it yeah yeah it was amazing he's, yeah um yeah um someone who's been listening to danny for a while and then started following me for my artwork uh wrote me and offered to send me a bunch of salmon so it was pretty amazing when i you know, especially having to eat healthy in those days that was something that was delicious and and healthy so yeah that was great it could trade yeah, yeah. and he came out to the fight yeah he came he out to say out that oh, wow. from... that was yeah it was really that sweet was awesome. yeah that was great the, mm -hmm. um, so you're thinking but style wise so you're both the heroic uh, frazetta kind of style mm -hmm. but and... also like goofy like adventure time right kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so you have those two tracks uh, yeah, the goofy exactly. fun cartoony yeah. and the heroic uh, mm -hmm. muscles naked bodies mm -hmm. swords kind yeah. of game yeah frazetta is perfect for one side of it right because mm -hmm. this whole gig is like nobody ever wears clothes everybody's always half naked with muscles and boobs mm -hmm. and swords and yeah. all of that and uh there's uh yeah that sounds like yeah. fun I, oh man oh sorry go ahead i once did a frazetta tribute with uh i don't remember what the oh, the fire and ice one but yeah. instead of you know the human characters i changed them out to gummy bears yeah <laughs> remember you had gummy bears frazetta <laughs> yeah. thing that yeah. was pretty funny <laughs> That was hilarious. And, uh, oh, man, there's one that at some point we need to use it as an episode cover. There's one that she did. I don't know if you ever saw it. There's this one droid that was like, I still laugh my ass off every time <laughs> I see it because it's this image of, it takes a minute to break it down because there's a lot going on. There's a guy riding a horse, shirtless, so far so good. He's holding up this naked woman and giving her oral. At the same time, the woman is eating a cheeseburger with one hand. In the other hand, she has a sword, and she's sword fighting against Hitler, who's riding a the Nazi dragon, dragon oh, right? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. That's that classic. That yeah. was glorious. That just made me happy. I was like, I see that one. And, and in that, you know... I can get behind every part of that. Right? Isn't it's that a, beautiful? I even like riding horses. Yeah. It's my trifecta for a happy life. There. Three Fs. <laughs> Food, fighting, and fucking. <laughs> I think your philosophy is perfect. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> I'm a member of the FFF myself. Yeah, that's the. You learned the trivium. That's the, that's the trivium of the of the good arts. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> so speaking of going out and, and fighting like this, I, I came up with a great quote from somebody the other day. I can't remember where I got it, but regret is what we must fear the most. Yeah, yeah, because you wanna. If you tried it and it failed, yeah. that's way better than wondering for all time. Mm -hmm. What if? That was, uh, I was watching the last season of Game of Thrones because I always watch it way after the fact. Yeah. Just in a, and there was this one moment where um, Jon Snow is like, I failed. And there's the guy next to him who's like, good, now go fail again. Yeah, and I was like, "That's the attitude," because you know we're so scared of failure, and there's always, and that's failure. Fear of failure is the close cousin of regret, because then, because you're afraid of failure, then you're gonna try, you're not gonna try things. Yep. And um, 
but then you also live with this unexpressing the what if the what and and that sucks that's uh it feels safer because there's no moment where suddenly you go oh, i'm making the jump but you kind of slowly die inside every day so having that that's why to me like when it applies to mma for example i respect anybody who does it like i don't care if you have a zero and 25 record the fact is just the fact that you step up and go doesn't even matter how well you do you are already show more balls than 90 percent of human beings that's some hardcore stuff well that's the fun part about where we live there's so many people mm -hmm. and i'd say 85 percent of them don't ever get anywhere near what they're trying mm -hmm. but by god they come out and they try yep and that's the energy of this city that's so delightful you know i think that's one of the things for me even about us in general that Italy is populated by a lot of smart people who never take chances. And so they sit on their asses and they're all, they give you very smart reasons why it shouldn't be done. Whereas in US, my image, stereotypical granted, but not so far from the truth, is that there was a lot of dumb enthusiasm, where it's like sometimes even enthusiasm for things that you shouldn't be, it's like maybe thinking about it 10 times more would not be a bad idea. But I take stupid enthusiasm over smart cynicism any day because at least there's enthusiasm at least there are possibilities yeah there may be some stupidity involved yeah some ideas may not be the best but there's life there's movement there's something can actually happen cynicism never give birth to anything good you know? no it's just a bunch of whining yeah sit on the sidelines point the it goes back that's to wrong the, and that's wrong and why they do that and well you're not doing anything exactly it goes back to the good old long theodore roosevelt quote about the man in the arena which is how i close the roosevelt series that's coming up by, probably by the time we have this episode out the theodore roosevelt series for history on fire will be done and over already and um, that quote is just brilliant like roosevelt kicks ass on that one yeah he's a delightful character for sure uh, speaking of history on fire savannah is not only the hand behind the logo which is one of the coolest logos ever but um all the art for the episodes all of that is uh, the hand behind our t-shirts the dionysian parade uh, happy nietzsche the surfing one the eq eq makes me so happy that mm -hmm. one is uh you saw up there in the bedroom Absolutely. we have it as a scroll is the first thing i see every morning so that's uh yeah isn't that cool every single day we get to wake up seeing your art mm -hmm. that's pretty cool right there well i was thinking that might be a great bumper sticker the, the EQ, eq one yeah i agree man so we if anybody's got it. any interest you know it's gonna yeah. cost you a dollar but yeah we should do something like that yeah with, uh, i think we could sell a few look into that that's a great one we should even do uh we haven't really set it up properly I always say just if you want to reach out to savannah but we should put up a page or something for the eq scroll if you want to get it because it's so cool i just love that thing yeah, so turn out pretty awesome yeah um very glad with how it came out. So there's that one. What's your mama think about this fighting business? Mm, she's pretty excited. You know, she's she's supportive and sweet about all of it. And she has to be a little nervous, though. Um, if she is, she's not showing it. So okay. yeah. <laughs> you know what was funny though? We are talking about it because her brother was uh, like one year younger than <laughs> her, and he's super athletic. You know, he's very talented. He was like, oh, I want to get into MMA, and her mom was like. No, but mm -hmm. I worry for you. So we were yeah, looking at like, like Savannah was like, I've what been the fuck? About this for a while. <laughs> yeah, what about me? <laughs> yeah. Where's the worry for me? 
Wow. I got yeah. no comment. <laughs> that one was fun. But speaking of family, it was also awesome that, you know, you hadn't seen your dad in mm -hmm. a while and he was there at the fight. Yeah. It was oh, nice. super sweet. Yeah, and like sweet. a ton of your family was out there. Yeah. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. That's like nothing like punching people in the head to putting the family together. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah, they like that stuff. Even had my little grandpa out there. <laughs> oh my oh. God, our grandpa looked mean as fuck. <laughs> yeah. I was positively scared. Yeah. He's this... Cambodian gentleman who does not say a word, just look at you and you think yeah. he's gonna kill me now in multiple ways. And uh, what was the thing that he said in Cambodian? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess apparently my uncle told me, like, as soon as I knocked the girl out, his comment was, She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. Now, did, did he come over first? Is that the first generation to come over, or? Um, this is the grandpa from my dad's side. But yeah, he came over with... Uh, with everybody at the same time, right? I with believe so. I don't know if my uncles... Some of my uncles may have been born there or if they were born here. I don't know. But I know from my, my, my mom's side, my mom came with her mom and dad and her brothers and sisters. So. Well, that's a nutty story in itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, do you want to... Just to give people the context, you can, I guess, give the specifics, some of the crazy stories about your mom. But like the we are talking about my Rouge uh, regime in the 70s. Yeah, when yeah. Suddenly, you know, full on genocide is taking place in Cambodia where these uh, hardcore communist group come into power and decide to start wiping out everybody in the population who's not a peasant who's not going to be part of this utopian peasant society so anybody who's tied to the old system in cambodia need to be killed sounds like something might go down here before you know it man is no but that that shit is like i mean when you the whole story is about the killing fields in cambodia so oh yeah i forget the numbers but it was insane it was like a crazy high percentage of the country got wiped out in the space of just a few years and uh, I mean, that's really one of the nastiest genos, not the genocide are ever not nasty, but that's a really nasty tale. That, it's, uh, it's funny, I'm, I'm reading Trevor Noah's book, the guy who does, uh, the, I guess he does The Daily Show now, but uh, he grew up in apartheid South Africa. Yeah. And down there, there are people that are still named Hitler because Hitler doesn't even rank amongst the, the, the evil bastards like the Belgian, the Belgianese right. and all these genocides that happened in in Africa over the years, right. they don't even realize like, well, that does sound terrible, but we've got five or six on our list that are even worse than that. It's amazing how yeah, we nuts. just keep going at it. I mean, mm. even the Sudan was only mm -hmm. six, seven years ago no, there's and so nobody much, did anything. Yeah. There's so mm. much nasty stuff that happened in the world. And, uh, yeah, the Cambodian one was bad, man. It's like the stories, uh, the piles of skulls and stuff in the seventies, you would yeah. see it was just like, holy shit, this is happening right now. How yeah. old was your mom at the time? <clears throat> She must have been around four. Oh my God! Yeah. And she she has some stories of you know having to run through minefields and seeing someone running along a kid running alongside her, getting shot or blown oh. up, and she would feel the bullets whizzing past her as she was running through the forest. She would she would one time she was uh, stopping to drink water from a river and she looks up and there's a body floating and uh, a bunch of crazy stuff. And yeah. <clears throat> some pretty hardcore stuff right Sounds there pretty wild yeah so then what happened like refugee camps in thailand yeah. after fleeing the country and Lots then 
Mm-hmm. She ended up at a refugee camp, and then at some point, you know, arrived here in, uh, I guess, Utah for, or I don't know. She ended up in Utah for a while. Some some nice Mormon family took care of them, and uh, I don't remember. I don't know too much of what happened after that. So, but that was the that's a hell of a family history right there because that's yeah. some heavy stuff. Yeah, I was uh, thinking of doing a comic on just you know stories that I can gather from people who went through all that. So I had to go and interview them and. It's, it was such heavy stuff, you know, having oh, I can hair imagine, and, and then having to sit down and ima- try to imagine these pictures was just too heavy for me. Maybe, maybe a project for down the road, but yeah, it might be something good. And it's nice to be able to talk about these kind of things with my family. It's a little rough for them, obviously, but uh, well, it's gonna get the stories now, especially someone your grandfather's age. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When they're gone, they're gone. Exactly. Yeah, that's that the bummer thing about is, my my father dying. It's, uh, yeah, no, you lose a lot, years, of course. And we were just getting started and. I'm sure he had Vietnam tales of that course. make your toes curl. Of course. And was just sort of open, just able to open up like 30 years afterwards. Right. Well, I mean, you did tell me some crazy stuff oh, right yeah. there. That... There's been insanity for sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all in the name of what? Right. Yeah, that's... The, uh, Gulf, of, the Gulf of Tonkin! Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, now stuff like... And if, in fact, it's actually kind of funny because the two stories tie together because oh, the yeah. whole Cambodia thing is a direct... Is directly related to the whole Vietnam yeah, War for the bom- bombing. Yeah, otherwise totally. probably there would have been no Mai Rouge in that scenario. But uh, but yeah, the whole thing is just. I mean, even like I remember, even you are saying uh, like one of Savannah's coaches is this uh, older Cambodian gentleman was a professional fighter in Cambodia before the Mai Rouge took over, and then. Uh, what's the story with him a little bit before you get to that what's that sort of style of fighting from Cambodia is it more of a judo thing or it's, uh, is it... it's called I don't know if I'm saying it right but uh, Predal Sarai um, similar to Muay Thai uh, a few differences um, hardcore striking then elbows yeah. knees yeah, punch kicks hardcore. yeah yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah what's what's his story what's the deal with him uh, I don't recall too much I just remember one thing he told me was uh, he just remembers his mother's last words were I'm hungry because starvation was a big thing during oh that time so, yeah it's pretty heavy stuff yeah. Kim Klien is uh, in Cambodian so. right how did did he have some crazy run-in with my Rouge or what was the deal um, oh yeah that's right I, I remember now um, I guess he was a big um, lots of people would go with him. He, he he would. I guess some of the things he would do is he would go around and steal weapons and you know run around with a few different a few other people and steal food and try to feed the hungry and uh, I guess that's why people wanted to kill him. He didn't understand why they wanted to kill him, but you know, right? They didn't want that kind of thing going on. That that's pretty much the gist of it. I don't remember too well. Yeah, but man, the kind of stuff <laughs> that all of those guys have lived through. It's Pretty nuts. Yeah. It's definitely another coach uh, was beaten almost to death when he was a kid. Uh, his mom took care of him, and he ended up fleeing to Thailand. And luckily, he got out alive. Obviously, but yeah, that's crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Where did your grandpa? Because you, you were saying even your grandpa was a fighter. Where Where did he fight? Was it back in Thailand? I mean, back in Cambodia back in the day, or? Mm, I guess uh, yeah, my grandpa, the one that came to watch the fight. Uh, apparently, he. Um, I don't know. I, I guess they trained them in some kind, in Sarai, some form mm-hmm. of Sarai, but it was more of a lethal 
training so i guess the stuff that he sees me doing is totally watered down to him he's like ah you yeah. guys are just playing Why aren't you killing her yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's still alive yeah. come on I think yeah, she yeah. was she was probably excited like yeah, she's dead. He he did the right job. <laughs> yeah. Just like the old days. Right. That's, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. I don't know if it was for fighting or whatever, or if it was just for the war or whatever. Right. He doesn't he doesn't talk about He's, he doesn't talk about the his experience in the Khmer Rouge no, at I'm, all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet. I mean, yeah, it's not the kind of thing that's easy to mm-hmm. bring up. I'm sure. I mean, for some people, I'm sure it's cathartic to get mm-hmm. it out there. Yeah. But for other people, it's just like, nope, mm-hmm. that door is shut, closed, and we yeah, are not, never even going to look in yeah, there again. Yeah. Exactly. Which is perfectly logical. Yeah. I mean, it's PTSD sucks, and sometimes, sometimes denial works. I don't know how well in the long run, but still, it's in some cases, if you can deal with it, you can deal with it. You know. That's where it's at. The, um, so besides, so your regular training gig, you've been training. Uh, what are the main things you've been training in? <clears throat> we've been training with. Um, boxing is my main one. I've been doing that for four years now, and then a couple of years ago, I started jujitsu pretty heavy, and just uh, just a few months ago, I started at the Predalsrai place to get my kickboxing and elbow stuff in. Those are the main uh, ones, right? Yeah. Then a little bit of wrestling here and there. Wrestling, judo here of, and there. Yeah. yeah. You're like sparring with Angela Dance in the wife of UFC fighter mm-hmm. Mac Dance. Yeah, they're great. Go there to pick up some stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because you, yeah, you only know how many, on average, other than this last period that was crazy because preparation for the fight, how much training sessions a week do you think you get between all these different things? The um, jiu jitsu, the boxing kickboxing uh so my typical week would be um at least two days of boxing two days of kickboxing two days of jujitsu and then one or two days drilling stuff with uh, that's literally eight days a week well because in some (laughs) weeks some days is two two practices a day day, you know it's not that we'll ever find out but how is your ground game because that's See, I'm comfortable on my feet, and I'm comfortable once I'm on the ground. It's my wrestling that's iffy right now. So if someone wanted to take it to the ground, they can get it, get it there willingly, you know. So that's something I need to work. Oh, I probably shouldn't be telling everybody. But. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to beat that out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, yeah, work on that side of the game, yeah. of course. That makes sense. Yeah, but I dig your jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, I feel fine. It feels solid. Mm-hmm. And... Um, well, that's good stuff on the trade. And speaking of the trading, uh, again, speaking of the, the, the dual side of the personalities is funny because seeing you with your vibe, with your energy in life, right, is mellow, pleasant. And uh, your coach for this fight, uh, Sean Loeffler, mm-hmm. you guys are an interesting combination. Yeah. Because Sean is, but you should see Sean, it's like, <laughs> he's a character. Yeah. And is, uh, he's one of the rare guys that I, I usually people don't grow on me. I either like you a lot right away or I don't. Sure, totally grew. Like the more I've been around him, the funnier I find him. You know, initially I was like, who's this guy? What's going on with mm-hmm. him? Because he's very loud, yeah. tough, <laughs> aggressive, yeah. intense. And yeah. so there's this, whoa, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> and then I realized half of it is Hilario's yeah. humor that you don't pick on because you're so busy hearing GBL that you think it's everything <laughs> is 110% serious. And some of it is, but it's also so funny yeah. man he's like even at the fight there was one of his fighters somebody asked him 
uh, who's that guy? And uh, the, his fight, he was like, you mean the white guy who was yelling at me? That's the devil. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. He shot his uh, as a pretty intense personality. Yeah, we can say that. Sure. And uh, how do you guys match up? Because um, you said you crack up half of yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like even sometimes in training, he'll yell at me for something, and I, I end up laughing, and it pisses him off, so he yells at me more. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to learn to control that a little. <laughs> I think I'm the only one that gets a sense of humor. I don't know. I don't even, the half of why it's so funny is because he's totally serious what he's saying, and he's and he's so blunt with everything. He doesn't, you know, he yeah. doesn't care if he kind of sounds like an asshole. <laughs> so no filter there. Yeah, exactly. It's whatever you got to say. But it's so fun. Yeah. Like I was listening to him go on this epic yeah. rant on some of his fighters the day before the fight, uh-huh. and you know, initially you're like, oh shit, this guy's really mad and. And, you know, he was, but the more he went on, the more I started realizing the humor in it, and I was dying. Like, again, yeah. I had the same thing. I didn't want to laugh out loud in front of the fighters who were getting yelled at, but it was so funny in another <laughs> way. And I was like, it was, it was funny, yeah. man. That's... Now, you guys had some decent folks step up, and I just want to make sure we get a mention uh, that, that sponsored you along oh, your yeah. way. I mean, oh, yeah. certainly Float Clinic, mm-hmm. our pals there, and I know the Onnit guys mm-hmm. send you some goodies. Is there anybody yeah. else that needs a, a thank you? Uh, float Clinic, Onnit, Datsusara. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, she, and... he or she was all geared up in yeah. uh, Datsusara gear and everything yeah. else. Chris so seems to be cool. going the other way with his yoga bag. What the hell I is this all that. about? Have you seen that? It's actually pretty cool. The peaceful warrior. Now he has a yoga bag made of hemp. That's pretty cool. It's yeah. a novelty just came out. Okay. So there's that one. So, yeah, you got those. And then you, what else did you get? And uh, Fight Chicks Apparel. Right, right. Yeah. Nice. And then you got the Shaman Simple Solutions. Oh, yeah. Shaman Simple Solutions. That's it. I think yep. those are the ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yep. sweet. Everybody send out gear mm-hmm. or products or something. And for a first fight, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sweet. Well, he was so excited, he called me the next day. And oh, he yeah. had to tell me all about it. And oh. it was like, I thought something was wrong. <gasps> <laughs> what nope, happened? Nothing that's, wrong yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Epically yeah. awesome. I think it's like... It's now days after the fact. I, I need to eventually get a life and move on to talk about something else. Yeah, another week. But I haven't been able to mm-hmm. yet. I'm still <laughs> just like, do you know what? what is it's just like, okay, Daniela, calm no. down now. She's again, exciting. she's already, she was over it two hours later. She's like, yeah, this is cool and fun, but well, where's my food? She's fold it all it's, back and yeah. get that cheeseburger. Yeah. And yeah. Everything exactly. be right. and, the uh, warrior will be back when the time comes. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Well, speaking of crazy stories, let's go in a different direction. The, um, there's the way I met Savannah was pretty funny because that's where one of, to me, is one of the proofs that the universe has a sense of humor and there really is some kind of. Uh, it made me feel like we live in the Matrix and somebody's played a joke on me. Because one of my standard things that I said time and time again in life, in between relationship, even when I was in a relationship, was you know, realistically, who am I going to meet that I click with? You know, there are probably 20 people in the world kind of thing, because it's like I have my requirements of what I look for in a woman, and those are not easy to, because they they require so many different characteristics that normally people who have this one thing don't have that other one and all of that. So it's like I'm difficult to start with. And then they need to click with me. And I'm not necessarily that, you know, I'm quirky and weird in 10,000 different ways. That is like, who's going to want to put up with all of my sides? You know, I can see how somebody would like that one side of me or that other side of me, but to actually click with me for real. 
So my standard sentence forever, for probably since I was a teenager, was like, yeah, right, where am I going to find somebody that I click with? Across the street, that was my thing, right? Eventually, where does Savannah live? <laughs> across the street, literally across the street from me. And one of the things that was cool about the whole thing is that there was just that tiny age gap that made the whole thing look like, come on, you know, like when I met her, I never even thought about anything there. It's kind of like... Well, it's not Mick Jagger crazy. So. No, not Mick Jagger <laughs> crazy, but still. Oh, by the way, you know, we I got a donation the other day from uh, Heath Richards. I thought he was awesome, right? I, yeah, it's not that here oh, Richards. Okay. But. <laughs> it's actually a sack of cocaine. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> well, actually, and back in the day, we actually got a donation from a Miles Davis. Again, not that Miles Davis, but it's like... Good enough. That, that's <laughs> That would actually be pretty creepy if it was the real one. Yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Lifted from the grave. I know. That you would know, have been... I did the show and I thought I did the show. $10 out. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> now, for me, it was kind of like... It's just personality, you know, and that's why initially it was interesting because I was, um, you know, we got to start hanging out and uh, we would hang out without the tiniest thought of anything, right? It's like I never, like for probably a good year at least, we were hanging out fairly regularly without even the biggest thought of anything else. He was like, oh, it's my good friend Savannah was so fun and nice and stuff and and I would be like, yeah, she's a hot woman, but, you know, too much of an age gap. It's never going to be, you know, no, it's, uh, but, but I have fun with her. So, hey, let's eat something. Let's, and since she lives across the street, we would hang out fairly often and it would be. And then after a while for my end of the story is that I started putting two and two together because it was a time when I was so focused on trying to rebuild my life in other ways that, you know, I, there are a lot of people I get along with. But half of the time I was so hard pressed for time and so focused on figuring out what I want to do with my life, who I want to be, that as much as I enjoy hanging out with some people, it was like, you know, this is nice, but it's still second best to being alone in my room right now, having time for myself for a little bit and not, you know, in the little time that I'm not taking care of Isabella 24-7, I need time for myself. So hanging out with people is always, yeah, that's nice, but, you know, I'd rather be on my own right now. And the only exception was, oh, but Savannah, oh, Savannah is a different story because I know I'm going to have a blast. We'll laugh like crazy. We're going to have a great time and all of that. And then eventually I realized, you know, I was thinking of traveling places and I'm like, oh, I want to go there with Savannah. That would be nice. Oh, I want to be in that place. Yeah, yeah. Going there with Savannah would be. You were already bitten. And that's when I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. I got it. I see that. So there was one time I was uh, out of LA and I um, was kind of missing her, you know, and it was before anything was said or done. And, and you know, but I can't fucking send a message saying, hey, I be it, it's beginning <laughs> to get a little weird. So I started my message. It was like, Savannah. And I started, I, any word that follows that was completely wrong, right? Because it's like, I can't really say this. Okay, I can't say that either. That's going to come across really weird. So eventually, at one point, I was, Savannah, dot, 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 send. <laughs> and I was like, I have nothing else I can say. But, you know, it was like, and she was cracking up. Yeah. But uh, so that was an interesting one. That was, uh, what was your perception of the whole dynamics? I mean, a multiple level, both in terms of how things evolved. And also that, you know, you are saying that you don't, 
normally you don't feel super comfortable talking to a lot of people mm-hmm. and we were always have a, you know we would get together start chatting have a blast and it was never a, what was the whole uh, interaction for you yeah i don't know it was strange because uh, it was always hard for me to get uh, hard for anybody to get me to talk or go on have elaborate conversations but with him it was always fun he'd always bring it out of me somehow uh um but yeah like like you i was oblivious the whole time for you know it was i was in a relationship even at the time when we were hanging out and it was totally platonic and um uh i don't know what happened um cupid came along and shot y'all in the ass (laughs) 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 that what happened yeah yeah that was trippy though because it was just fun 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 the whole time yeah i never thought that the anything beyond the friendship obviously i mean the age gap was a huge thing because it was like you know he's got his own thing going i've got my own thing going but you know we we're cool as friends or whatever but um except that then we sparred with without my t-shirt on yeah there was that time (laughs) good god (laughs) you played you played it very well you kept it straight because after that she brought it up like 25 times of like jesus that one time is i realized you had those muscles nice (laughs) yeah yeah so that was fun that was good times speaking of mick jagger i did the math just for fun Mm -hmm. and if uh i was dating mick jagger's current baby mama she would be four right now. Oh God, really? That's wow. the age gap. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn. That's uh, fucked up. Mick you Jagger. know, that's the thing too. Is like to me, that's why for the longest time, yeah, it never <sighs> crossed our minds or anything because some of it was just like, you know what? If somebody tells me like there's a 18 year gap between us, if somebody tells me about an 18 year gap, I don't think it's the healthiest relationship ever. You know, I think that's a bad way to start. That does not sound right. You know, but not surprising out here. You see that a lot. Yeah, but I mean, when I do see it, I still usually don't like it. Exactly. It's like that's bullshit. I don't like that. Well, you have a very youthful. That's a nice way of saying that I mean mature as fuck, which is true, by the way, because I do have the mental age of a 50-year-old, the kind of six we I like. Do, and, well, look, as, as yeah. men in general, man, I don't think right. any of us have really advanced past about 14 and a half. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm is better at hiding it. Perfectly happy with that. I'm juvenile and proud, as exactly. we used to say. But I think that was... Uh, I think that was actually part of the conversation because eventually mm-hmm. something, when it became clear that like, okay, shit, I realize I do like her a lot. And now I'm beginning to see, oh, look at that. I kind of got in the feeling that she likes me a bunch. So, okay, now what? And I think that was part of the conversation of just saying, look, I get it. It's a little weird. And on average, I would think this is a bad idea, but this is not on average. This is as here and there are exceptions. There are there are rules that are there for a good reason, but then there are exceptions to those rules. And so I, I might think, I think, what was my line? After that whole rant about, you know, the exception and all that, yeah. he, he finally asked. So with that said, can I give you a key? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how delightful are those first kiss? That, yeah. that sears yeah. in your memory for all time, doesn't and it? Savannah's perfect as which I remember forever for everything else. is like, Let's try. 
So, and I'm like, I like let's try. Let's try is a good attitude. Let's play with that. Well, if y'all are comfortable with it, who gives a shit what anybody else thinks is the main thing. And I'm sure people give you some shit every once in a while, but who cares? Savannah throws a left hook and they don't give a shit ever again. Exactly. It's so good. It's, um, no, you're right about the universe, man. It's a sneaky, insidious thing. I mean, if it wasn't for a broken down car, I was on my way to L.A. I'd sold everything I couldn't fit in my car. I was leaving the second I finished my last class. And didn't make it because my car broke down. And the very next girl I met. Oh, wow. That's funny. Mm-hmm. We had literally lived back to back in apartments for 18 months and had never truly met. Now, wow. I do believe I had appreciated that fine ass a couple of times. <laughs> Actually, but that I, was the I, extent I of did. it. Right. But that was it. You know, it's just yeah. one of a, a thousand incredible girls, you know. Right. And uh, it's just amazing how it ended up. Yeah. And strange, it really is magic. Uh, I feel really bad for folks that don't have the fortune of finding that person that you click with because we click great and yeah we can fight on occasion but i think that's important as well if you don't let the pressure valve off on occasion you're not going to make it either well, savannah's idea of fighting is her face will get a little darker than usual and just get a little and you're like what's going on it's like oh i'm okay and then like typically three hours later she's like I'm sorry. I don't know how you put up with this. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Cause that was you in a bad mood. That was you having a difficult day. It's like, are you kidding me? That's like, so it's pretty funny. And I think that was also one of the things that to me is interesting in terms of uh, being friends with somebody for a long time, uh, before you decide that maybe you want a relationship is that you actually get to be yourself. Because, you know, a lot of the times when you, if you're attracted to somebody and you're thinking it can go somewhere else, you want to put your best face forward. And so you are kind of negotiating on fake premises because you are putting on this image up there of your absolute best self. And that's all they are ever going to see because they want, you want them to like you. But then, of course, reality kicks in. So let's say everything works out great. You hook up. It's perfect. Eventually, two, three months down the road, something you're you're tired of keeping up this pretense all the time of showing only that face of you and every other side of you will start coming out. And that's when people are like, wait, this person changes. It's like, no, it didn't change. They are just hiding it better earlier. And now they got tired of hiding it. And and in this case, instead, the thing that I felt really good about was uh, like hanging out with her as friends. I was censoring nothing yeah you know there was no filter and uh, and all she ever did was crack up i think that like the weirdest thing i would do or say were funny and i was like and this doesn't bother you she's like no i think it's hilarious like really okay well it's delightful to base it all on honesty because you're right you don't have these veils and these masks on the whole time i had the awesome uh (laughs) i probably put the worst possible example out when we first dated and uh I guess she saw that there was more to me than just some drunken fool. If somebody still like you after that, that's usually you a good you like me after that, it's pretty yeah. incredible. I remember coming to one morning because I remember giving her keys to my car because you better drive. So at least I was making some decent decisions. That's a good one. I was like, well, what kind of night was it? Show me my boots and I'll know. And she said, forget your boots. Here's your jeans. It was mud down one side and vomit down the Ooh. other. It was quite an impressive display. Today, Rich is trying to officially convince us that he's winning the prize for Redneck of the Year. <laughs> it's not impressive at all. It no, was actually uh, a bad moment, but uh, I made it through. And uh, at least I'm not still doing it in my 40s. No, like some that, people are. Right. I know. I know. I know. It was but a tumultuous time. There was a lot going on. Yeah. No, no, no. It's all, it's all good. But at I'm, least the blue eyes are still working, so I did okay. I'm all for the Redneck and Proud. I think it's important. 
<sighs> Do you ever listen to that group, uh, the, um, the Rednecks with the X? They were like from Sweden or something, <laughs> pretending to be Rednecks. They had these hilarious, you're missing out on that. Oh, it's great. It was like 1990s. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. They were the Swedish guy pretending to be American Rednecks, and that was their whole shtick. And it was so, their lyrics, their videos, everything was pretty damn funny. Just tell me where the beer is and we'll be fine, yo. Basically, right? Yes. Yeah, good stuff. Well, you know, if there's nothing else to be hopeful for is that you can straighten your ass out and your youthful exuberance and mistakes do not stick with you all, all forever if you don't chop somebody up or something. Right, so that you can usually keep does a bit of control. And yeah, those were crazier times, but I did grow out of it. I mean, I'm much more of a Zen person now. I like that. Unless you don't merge properly. Then that's when the savage come out, God right? Damn it, I hate that. I hate yeah. that so much. Yeah, I think that's... Um, I really dig that, you know, the whole savage Buddha concept. I dig it. I think it's healthy. Because <laughs> uh, the Buddha one is awesome, right? You're mellow, you're centered, you're unfazed, you are probably sweet. You have, you know, this... But you also need some fire, right? You also need, otherwise it gets kind of boring. You know, it's like there are those people who are super sweet and spiritual and you can't talk shit about them because they're awesome people. But at the same time, you know, they are kind people there. But that's not the one who's going to pick you up for some wild, crazy sex against the wall or something. That's like, so you need the other side as well, right? You need the... Uh, you need some yang with your yin. Absolutely, man. And it's, uh, that's why I've, ever since she came up with that, with the Savage Buddha logo, I've been very, very intrigued with it. And, uh, you know, your, your fight was bold. You were so the buddha in the locker room just mm -hmm. handling the pressure and then the savage once they say <laughs> go in the cage so you embodied your logo beautifully i dig that well i wish you all the luck in the world because it's very exciting don't get hurt yeah that's kick uh, their asses and mm -hmm. uh you know could be something crazy five six years from now we could be looking back at this silly conversation not having any idea <laughs> yeah. it's like george harrison said you know the first years the beatles Nobody had any idea of what was to come. <laughs> no, nothing. And you never know. So you, you play your know. cards and see mm -hmm. where things go. But uh, in the meantime, I guess anybody, maybe we'll put a link or something. We should create a page. Any, because clearly in the early days of fighting, you're not exactly swimming in gold. So anybody who says, this is awesome, I want to throw five bucks at you, we should put up some kind of support link in terms of anybody who want to help out with training costs and everything else or... Even things like um, your art. Of course, there are the T-shirts, there are the Drunken Tavis T-shirts, but then we should put up some, you know, at some point in the future, we should put up links for the uh, EQ scrolls, for mm -hmm. commissions <laughs> on art, for anything else. Right. You guys need logos done or any kind of other artwork. Mm -hmm. Give the good woman, uh, send her an email and see what's up. Maybe yeah. you guys can come up with something good together. Like you two have. Oh, so sweet. Look at that. <laughs> Thanks, Savannah. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, Rich. Well, the funk and music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken House podcast. Now, that was a delightful interview. 
And thanks so much for Savannah for not beating us up. I know. Well, now we're living coil- fear now. Now I'm coiled in fear. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I have some crazy tiny bit of news. Do it though. Kiva, $65,000 in Check donations, that out. guys. 65000 Thank you so much. It really is impressive, and it really does have me knowing for sure we're going to break hundred grand next year. Very sweet. So very, very Y'all are helping a lot sweet. of people out like that, and uh, I should, Kiva.org, check it out. You can join Team Drunken Dallas, and you know, it's $25 chunks into a bigger pot to help folks get a donation for solar arrays, some fresh goats, whatever they happen to need. I like fresh goats. I do too. The, um, oh, speaking of people, helping people out, yeah. we got this message from one of our regular donors, Maurizio Mezzatesta, who mentioned of a, a musician friend of his, Jack Caldwell, uh, was uh, put together this song and will uh, to raise found for... LBGTQI, which I have no idea what the QI stands for, forgive my ignorance, but the, um, you know, he's doing this thing. I'm going to put the link in the episode notes to this track. So if you guys want to check out the music and um, see if you are interested in buying it, that would be sweet. Having said that, let's say a quick thank you to our sponsors. That's Usara on it, Shore Design. Thank you guys so much. You've been with us for longer than a wise sponsor would have ever done. Hell yeah. And we really deeply appreciate it. Um, really deeply appreciate it. Start with the fact that because we love the damn products, you know, all of this stuff has been amazing. So you guys know the drill. If you think that you could be in the market for backpacks, travel bags, anything of that sort, and you want it hemp made, the, that you can't do any better than that Susara. So check them out. I had a great conversation with Chris last week, and he really is sort of beginning to see if we actually can get hemp paper products going. Yeah, no, Chris is so good. He's yeah. such a good guy. From man. paper plates just... to toilet paper to napkins. Chris unbleached. Is, yeah. No, I mean, what he's doing is great environmentally. They are awesome bags. They are, I just love everything about it. And he's a great human being. Yeah. Um, on it with the whole wide range of stuff. These days I'm focusing more on the food side of on it. There's a lot of yummy stuff I get there. Uh, the, I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. The guy who uh, make the Buffalo bars for them is my hero he donated a ton of those bars to the people dealing with the whole dapl issue in north dakota was your mother um, up there when it all got settled or uh, semi-settled i won't say it's settled but no she went twice before uh before and, and how'd you uh, like the, how'd you like the veterans stepping up those were that awesome was a, that was a major moment those guys i mean that makes all the difference honestly because it's like you use the police to crack down on a group of natives eh, some people care most people don't yeah you have a group of U.S. veterans, that changes the dynamics really quick. Especially with the message, we didn't fight for this. Yeah. No, that was awesome. I, I thought it was beautifully done. I know I know some people give that guy, um, Wes Clark Jr., a lot of shit. And, of course, of course, from um, some guys don't like him. I thought, I don't know about everything else. I don't really know of him in other ways. But this whole idea, this whole setup was great. I oh, thought. the whole forgiveness ceremony yeah. was incredible. That was very moving. And then, like, a few days after that went down, you had that crazy, like, clan dude in his skull mask hassling people. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts. That was scary because that makes me think this may be the new normal, that this is the way these cats think they're going to get over on people. And I hope you motherfuckers don't think that because... We're ready for you. I know, man. The, the dude in the um, the old native guy in that ceremony that they did was uh, Leonard Crow Dog. Leonard Crow Dog was 
the original medicine man for the American Indian movement during the 1973 occupation of Wounded Knee back in the day. So this guy has seen it all, you know, yeah. he was there at Wounded Knee, he was at the DAPL thing, he's like, that's a, that's a piece of living history right there. It seems just like everything, when things look like they're getting dark in one direction, they lighten up in another. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I know which team I'm on. That's all. Cool. <laughs> Shall we say thank you to the nice folks who donated? A absolutely. Let's do that. Let the pottering begin. Here we go. We have Jordan Gray. Tyrell McAllister, Alexander Kuzner, Jonathan Waterloo, Stephen McKee, Maurizio Mezzatesta, Aaron McLaughlin, Christopher Costello, Lisa Robles, James Kakuta, and Daniel Fischel. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you also, a quick shout out to whoever bought, because, you know, again, I never see who buys through Amazon, through our link. I don't see names, of course, for privacy reasons, but I see what people buy. I just don't know who buys what. If it's the vibrating cock ring with the dangling ass tap balls, wasn't me. <laughs> I see. <laughs> this is close. This is somebody bought, bought a Viking drinking horn. Oh, that's awesome. I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> and I find it, I was somewhat sad to find out that Amazon does not sell drinking cups made from the skulls of your enemies. But this yeah. is definitely second best. Wait so. till the drones get going and it'll uh, be, it's a delivery thing. It's a delivery thing. Can't have it. that in the mail, but we'll drone it out to you, no problem. Makes sense. Also, thank you. Uh, we mentioned it even in the episode. Um, this apparel company, Fight Chicks, made this. Uh, is producing some shirts that have been designed by Savannah with the Savage Buddha logo, hoodies. Drunken Taoist listeners can get a discount if you're interested in that stuff. You use the word drunken and then the number 20, so drunken20, and you get a discount uh, when you order through them. I'll put a link in the episode notes, but that's your discount code. Um, what else do we need to say? Uh, of course, thank you to Daisy House for the music. Check out, if you are in the market for chocolate, check out Curacao Chocolate. We have a link in the episode notes. Um, do, 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 do. Anything else? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Sounds like a very good message. 2016, 2017 couldn't possibly be worse than 2016, could it? Oh, do never, never say that. I didn't even say that's that. That's not, not even going to go on. No, like I said, uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Cool, my man. Well, thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See you all soon.
Maybe I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenze di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, yeah? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's. So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me. Can you about. translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work.